This evening's Dharma talk is titled, and I have an idea I'm trying to convey, so I start out with this kind of a title. And I've kind of, I'm kind of always talking about the same thing anyway, I'm sure you've noticed that. But it's a non-tracking, non-tracking awareness. So uh, it's the uh, uh, nature of awareness is it's very uh, um, versatile. A difficult thing to convey since one is, we're always trying to be aware of this or be aware of that or follow this or trace this down and see what's happened here or get more of this, get less. We're always going back and forth and back and forth, manipulating our situation in some way. And uh, the sitting practice of meditation actually allows you to see the way the mind constantly is doing it. It's like we're in a very uh, simple level where we're not really okay with anything that's happening. We always want something this or a little bit more of that or I'm going to turn it slightly or move it this way. It's basically uh, shows up as impatience. It can show up as um, uh, wanting to reject what's happening. It can show up as wanting more of what's happening. It can show up so many different ways. But to, to not particularly track anything leaves the self-centered mind, the ego mind, kind of without a support, and it doesn't particularly care for that. But I think this is something that if you understand the concept that I'm endeavoring to convey by that uh, title, uh, non-tracking, so there's no, there's no, uh, there, you could say, take it a, a little further and say, we're not leaving any tracks. We don't know exactly where you're going. So it's, uh, it can show up as just being open, but it's not the kind of openness where you feel like you're being open. If you feel like you're being open, you are not. Uh, you can't get a credential for being open. So you may have to actually see the way the mind keeps tracking everything in order to see, get very, very familiar the way we keep abandoning what is for something else, something else, something else all the time, on and on. One of the reasons that we study the material, study the concepts uh, of the men coming down to us through uh, 2,500 years, centuries, through different uh, teachers, different lineages, different ways of manifesting, different ways of explaining what people see and how they understand the Buddha's Dharma, awakened truth, is not so much so that we can be given uh, a solution, but rather so that we can exercise our conceptual mind in such a way that we're coming conceptually closer and closer to a fundamental realization, understanding of what this situation is, which is not separate. It's not separate. It's, it's, it's very simple. It's in your face. It's in your face right now. If you realize it, the work is over. It's that simple. If you realize that there isn't anything else to do, the feeling, uh, the sense, the understanding that there are, isn't any, uh, there, that nothing is separate, it doesn't mean that you have some kind of a, a woo-woo feeling about it may not have any feeling about it, may not have that kind of a dimension for you. It could have just out of contrast, it might initially, but then uh, since nothing lasts, any kind of contrast and any kind of experience fades. Insight into what this is, realization of what this is, doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't get better, doesn't get worse, doesn't, doesn't get dimmer, doesn't get brighter, doesn't do anything. So therefore, if that situation dawns on you, Sorry to use that kind of a metaphor because dawn doesn't last. <laughs> of course, I understand that the, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. That's corny humor. See, I just avoided that.
You saved you talking about Don Dish Soap. Go ahead. Does realize mean the same thing as recognize? I think so. But once you recognize it, you don't have to continue to recognize it. If you're continuing to recognize it, then uh, trying to regurgitate it or reemphasize it or return to it over and over and over again, then it's still uh, there's still a path quality going on. There's not not it's not fruition. Fruition is there isn't anything else. And another way that uh, uh, teachers often say this is there's no there's really no goal. There's really no result. There's no conclusion. So when we when when I say when I use that particular example of saying um, non-tracking, uh, that's if you can just consider that or contemplate that idea of by looking at what tracking is and seeing that it's not that, but you you actually can't find the opposite of that because it's also the same as that. Did I just say that? Very difficult to point two directions at the same time. But that's what needs to be done on some level. We need to actually look at what shows up without with no addition, no subtraction, no division, no math at all, and just observe what arises. Seems to take a lot of time to do that, a lot of dedication to it. And so for one person, there might be a lot of witnessing how we keep going after this tracking. We might going after this. We want that. We don't want this. We want more of that, but that's, now we're getting too much of that constantly negotiating with our mind about what we'll do, what we won't do, and so on. And then, but someone else, on the other hand, on the same hand, might might be just completely relaxed into it, and but not, might not trust that. When I say trust it, I mean, give it the benefit of the doubt. It's, there it is. Don't adjust. Don't move. Don't conclude. Don't exclude. Do nothing. This is why when uh, in ancient times, when Buddhism showed up in, uh, in ancient China, uh, Dao, Dao, the Taoist uh, masters there looked at that and thought, well, that's Taoism. There was not a big conflict. Uh, I'm not saying there weren't some individuals that had some conflicts, but basically it's just watch what moves. No math, no adding, subtracting, dividing. This doesn't mean that something wouldn't happen that you wouldn't object to and say, that's not happening. Take that away or take it in the other room or stop it. But it would come out of a Awareness would come out of um, um, measureless panoramic awareness that where there's no self. Uh, I'm not saying that if you met a, a person who was functioning this way, that they wouldn't look look like they're just as self-centered as everyone else. They might. Does the non-tracking awareness observe the tracking awareness? The non-tracking awareness isn't actually awareness. It's not separate. So awareness, there's still still some quality of, of some aspect of awareness coming together to be able to be aware of that or to aware of that or not aware of this or, or someone who is assuming that their awareness is getting more and more expansive. Yeah. We've got a Pisces here and a Pisces there. <laughs> Which fish? You have a burning question. What? Is there an example in our own practice or our life where we can recognize the awareness that it feels like you're trying to point to. Yeah. Right. When you're looking at uh, in your sitting practice or in your uh, post meditation everyday life, when you're looking at something that's very difficult and challenging that you are trying to get rid of or something difficult and challenging that you're trying to uh, uh, evaluate why it's happening or, or the same thing where you're doing anything with it at all, then that's the, that's the leading edge of seeing what 
non-tracking is. You have to see the tracking because the, the reason it, it shows up so cha challenging is that we you can't hardly help but think that you have to get rid of something or change something or be different. And it's uh, really it's done with the awareness and the singularity of the awareness of being my awareness about that or my awareness about this. That's what will eventually go away. When I say go away, it will just stop to get any fuel because it's no longer agreed with or objected to uh, or distracted from passion, aggression, and ignorance. More? But what's the difference between realization of the fundamental situation versus like relative realization? Or why doesn't it fade away? Because it doesn't appear. Good question. Uh, relative situations both appear and disappear. Like we wake up and then we go back to sleep. And we, I mean, there's all kinds of polarities that are happening that we are completely magnetized by or seduced by all over the place. And so we think that we're here and things are happening and things occur. Some, some things get larger and some things get small. Sometimes things go away and some things come back. It's like so convincing. Have you noticed? What's the other part of the question? I guess I'm just more curious about that kind of realization. Are you realizing something or what are you realizing? Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not really realizing something. You're, you're, the realization is fundamental. So it's not separate from anything. So there's no realizer. There's nothing realized. It's sometimes uh, some traditions called a threefold purity. So it's it's completely pure. There's there's uh, sometimes used in terms of generosity. No gift, no giver, no receiver, or no gift, uh, no giver, no giving. There's no there's no dynamic that creates an imaginary past and future, success and failure. It's just fundamentally pure from the beginning. Suzanne? Is non-tracking awareness space? That would be a, a metaphor for it. Nothing in particular. But in order to approach that, it seems to be necessary to see the way we keep tracking things. Either track something or keeping track of something, watching the tracks of something, uh, remembering uh, something, tracks. Have you got a better Dharma talk title for me? <laughs> I can use all the help I can get. I'm all alone up here. <laughs> yes. Thanks. You said if you realize that the work is over. I do. Does that mean we have to work at realization? Seems like it. You have to put energy and effort into it. You have to you have to put effort into it to, to get to the situation where you, like what we do here is sit down, hold still, hold everything still that you can, and watch what continues to tumble. Or has some kind of a, of a forward movement and, or a backward movement or some kind of adjustments happening. It could be just rattling around. It could be things showing up that you, by moving around, you've been able to cover them up. But when you sit down and hold still, get to know yourself pretty well. Go ahead. There's no progress on the path, and it doesn't seem like we can put in 100 hours and then we'll be realized. It doesn't seem like a strong correlation in that way. And what is the work doing? Paraphrase your question. I understand you. I want you to say it again in a different way. Is realization dependently arisen? So there are aspects to that, the relative aspects that lead that way. There are stages on the path and so on, which are in some, some uh, teachers and teachings emphasize that. Uh, I don't do that. 
but the actual realization uh, is uh, um, it doesn't abandon that. It includes dependent origination, but it's not at the mercy of it. So that's like uh, the old story of Yakutos Fox, where he was asked by the teacher, uh, "Does the is the awakened person uh, do they have they transcended karma?" And uh, I guess it was Yakujo said, "Yeah, <laughs> probably tentatively." He said, "Yeah," and then he was uh, just a teaching device. He was condemned to what was it three hundred or six hundred lifetimes as a fox talking to you. Let's look at your monk that would know. <laughs> Which monk would know? The smart one. The smart one. <laughs> So, Kozan, you've been nominated. <laughs> you're a smart mom. 3,500? Three or 500 or something. Oh, okay. So, it's a, it's a metaphor for teaching, probably. Uh, it was only you know, 15 or 20. So, but it's the idea that, that anytime, you, anytime you come to a conclusion about anything, you've just, you've just grabbed onto the, the merry-go-round, the, the ferret's wheel, the tilt a whirl or whatever, the, the spinning nature of samsara and the spinning nature of your mind. So you don't have to do anything. But this doesn't mean you go the other direction with it and make some kind of insistence that I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to not going to do anything. So this is why it seems to be important to find out the nature of movement itself because movement uh, isn't just the opposite of stillness. What? You talked about working towards it. You said we have to put energy into it. Yeah. What are we putting energy into? Get to the get to the cushion, sit down, hold still. Uh, we have a, a teaching learning situation here that's set up, and uh, participate in the forms as they're presented, as I did for many many years under the under the guidance of my teacher, mainly the first teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, and that whole structure put a Dharma Sangha. You just practice and study and practice and study more. Do we not have to make any adjustments post meditation? It could be some, but it should come out. I say should. Excuse me. Could come out of just your awareness of the situation. You might find yourself uh, making some kind of adjustment, but don't set up standards. Don't set up a standard whereby uh, you, I did this, and so uh, I'm just going to keep doing that. That seems to work really well. So that's, that's uh, um, what could that be called? Uh, ignorance? No, no conclusion. But this doesn't mean you might not do something uh, out of the situation. The way you see it, you do this, the next time the same situation happens, and you don't, you don't respond to that. You, you might respond in a different way. Or Should we experiment with ourselves? This is a pretty big experiment right here. Probably a bit off more than you could chew already. Are you sewing a robe? Too bad, or too good. So it's a, that's why we do these. That's why these forms are here. It's not because there's some kind of a you know holy thing where we're all bowing to the Buddha and worshiping somebody. This is empty, empty of what you think it is, and that may be more difficult than it just being uh, empty of uh, not being particularly believable. Further questions? Yes. What's the relationship between seeing contrast and realization? If you if you're seeing the if I understand your question if you're seeing the contrast then um, if you don't conclude anything about it and if you don't exclude anything about it if you do nothing with it other than see it then probably isn't anything else to do it feels like you're depersonalizing things the the path quality of it is depersonalizing but 
um, much to our surprise, it becomes more and more and more personal. So, so much so that you, you're, you're responsible for all everybody feels. And if you're around anybody who's having intense emotions and feelings, uh, you're not like a stone or a rock, but you may, they may not be able to see anything that's happening with you at all. Yeah. Further questions? Shoka. How can someone who awakens look more self-centered? Because, uh, because the, they're, um, um, they basically are a blank in a relative sense, one way of saying it, and, and they're, they're easy to project onto them. So we, you project onto them. So it's your projection of what's happening with them. If you, uh, you, won't, you won't see who you're looking, who you're talking to unless you awaken. You won't even know if someone's awake unless you're, oh, unless you awaken. So you follow that? There's more questions there. Please let me have them. I mean, let's have fun. Uh, if everyone is basically awake, then... Yes. Keep going. How can... Everyone's basically awake. Nothing sleeps anywhere. Nothing is asleep anywhere. You got your work cut out for you. Is that what they say? Who do they say that to? Who does cutting? Who cuts things? Which job is it that cuts? You have your work cut out for you. Is there some particular... Seamsters. Seamster? Seamstress. Oh, seamstress. Emphasis on the stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Bosker's sewing right now. He's a seamster. Stressed. <laughs> He's stressed. <laughs> Further about that? Good one. Just keep go. Take it further. What more do you want to know? It, it seems. Uh, I, I understand. Just keep looking at it. Yes. Question from Don in Virginia. Yes, Don. Is there no movie if there is no projection? I think I follow your what you're saying and I follow your question there, but I would say uh, that's not really certain. There's a lot of. Project, the whole idea of projection is very conceptual. The whole idea of movie is very conceptual. So to take one and say, we stop this, will that stop? So that's, there's, there's a little, what we're doing is we're purchasing some of the territory of dependent origination to see if we can't squeeze out some enlightenment there. Not going to happen. Oh, yeah, it'll happen, but it won't last because it's, it's, it's de de derived from the relative, from an understanding of pratitya samutpada or dependent origination. But, it, but you can't you can't enlist that in your I mean you can enlist it but then you'll just get rich or you'll get poor same thing when you say that um, someone who's awake is easy to project onto is mm -hmm. is the projection more than the appearance yeah there, there isn't any particular the appearances in the as they say in the eye of the beholder you're, you're seeing that and you you think you see something a certain way so it's called a projection yes can the way that we're self-centered cause someone else to show up a particular way around us? Sure. It's called a relationship. <laughs> you knew that, didn't you? I have a question. Uh, you don't want to go that direction. I understand. That's all right. No, no problem. <laughs> go ahead. Ask me the question. <laughs> so is there like two levels of the projection? Be more specific, please. Like 
the initial self-centeredness causing someone to show up a certain way and then what we think about that? No, it's too complicated. Keep coming. So that didn't evoke a, a more complicated question. <laughs> well, that's good. Do you use that? Do we project onto ourselves? Yes. We, do, we, we, we think we are somebody. It's astonishing, isn't it? We Actually, if you look in the mirror, you'll actually start to lecture yourself. You notice that? Of course, I don't do that. <laughs> it's not about it's not about stopping or starting or changing anything. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to be somebody else. You get to actually be whatever this came into this life. That's who you are. It's just that uh, if you don't accept or reject or do anything with it, then the whole uh, manifestation itself becomes uh, transparent. Yes. In the past, you've talked about the four aspects of the seventh consciousness, I think, mm -hmm. and they seem to be around a, a projection of a self. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how that self-consciousness or identity consciousness <laughs> continues to function or not after realization. So because of karma, because we were born, we come in and we operate in terms of cause and effect and we live here and... We, uh, we hear the, the Buddhist teachings and we, it resonates with us on some level. We begin to train our mind and then we begin to see that that, that including those four, the sense of uh, uh, self-reference and self-pride uh, of self and, and self-love. And what's the third one? Fourth one? The, the Are you correcting me? I know how to count. Yes, the fourth one. Thank you. Delusion. Delusion. Delusion itself. So they they may be since we're here and we have we're sense consciousnesses. So it may show up, it may not. But it's when it shows up, it just seemed to be unreal. So when pride pride of self shows up, we 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 see it, but we it doesn't get activated. It does it doesn't get to uh, it doesn't get to jump in the saddle? It's still there, but it, it really can't ride. You still see it. Uh, it may uh, tug at you and want you know. Come on, present me. I'm here. I have my crown on and I'm all ready and I'm bright and shiny and brush my teeth and, you know, come on, uh, introduce me to everybody. I'm wonderful. Or else go the other way, which we've talked about before, is uh, the opposite end of uh, pride is uh, is shame, thinking that we're terrible. We forgot to brush our teeth, our hair. We forgot to wash our hair or, we, you know, the other kind. We made a mistake. Another way of strengthening that self is to... I can't seem to do this. I just can't seem to get anything right. If the self is seen to be unreal, I'm wondering if because of dependent origination, is there always going to be an appearance or still that karmic manifestation of identity? Probably. But there's no guarantee of, of success or failure or existence or non-existence. All the polarity, all the polarity situation just collapses. And then you have whatever's here and you see that you're that whatever this is, whatever you are, whatever anyone is here, you're not separate from anything. You're, you're not a separate. There's a there's a separation, but the fundamental nature is not separate. Therefore, it's, <coughs> therefore, uh, you're no longer aligned with the uh, with the uh, materialistic approach of success and failure, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. You're not interested in controlling anything. Yet, on the other hand, you have a tremendous amount of control because there's no agenda. So therefore, anything that needs your help, you can help. It's almost, if not totally invisible, it's almost invisible. 
And if something needs to be stopped, you can stop it. If something needs to be blessed, you can bless it more. Realization is not the opposite of identity. No, it is identity. It's not two. It's Advaita. Dvaita is two. Advaita is not two. So it's the simplest way of putting it. And you can see how completely um, seductive the two-ness is. Everything looks like something else. Everything looks like that's over there, or I don't have that. I used to have that, but now I don't. If I could only get that, if I could only, whatever it may be, if I could only stop my my temper, or if I could only fulfill my desire of becoming a, a great, well-known reptilian. <laughs> You didn't think I knew about that, did you? <laughs> yes. Is there negativity an indication that we have work to do? Is the negativity? If the if the negativity is without any without particularly naming it or doing anything with it, or dividing it, separating it out as something that shouldn't be there, then you may have some work to do. You may not. Mm-hmm. If, if we attach a story to that, is that um, doing something with the negativity? Anytime you have any kind of a story. Now, if, the, if it attaches itself, then just watch it. I mean, if, if you see the negativity arise and then you notice there's a there's a, a group of uh, things, barnacles, attaching themselves to the original negativity, just observe. No no surgery. No, don't, don't remove anything. Sometimes, uh, in some ways, depending on where one is, you could say, at on the path, this could show up as humility. You're no longer interested in polishing yourself up so you look better and if somebody thinks you're not doing so well you don't you don't accept it reject it or look away other questions does realization last does it last Mm -hmm. um the whole idea of duration is not part of that so it, it doesn't have to last because it's it's not it's not separate from anything so it's not a separate state of mind like you know, happiness or sadness. It's not a state of mind. It's not separate from anything. So it can show up as anger. It can show up as sadness. It can show up as uh, parliamentary procedure. It doesn't have a, a quality that is you can separate out, although it's been taught that way a lot. More? Um, I see you. <laughs> Adam. Um, can you speak a little bit about trusting ourselves and how that kind of plays into our practice. So just the word trust is uh, uh, can see, be seen a lot of different ways. If there's one kind of trust where you look at something and you and you just trust it. And if you, the, the kind of trust it's from it and let it wander around in circles and bump into things and so on. So uh, trusting yourself would be the way I say this and it might sound a little corny or something in a way, but it's not about trusting it's not about believing the thoughts or disbelieving the thoughts or ignoring the thoughts that arise in your mind stream. It is about trusting the, the space in which those things occur. Uh, you are not separate from the space. The, the very nature of wisdom is like space. And yet it's not space, but it's like that, a metaphor. So whatever is happening, anything that's happening in the mind, trust the space in, what it, in which that occurs. So if you're having strong negativity, just look at the space that the negativity is arising in. That's trustworthy. But the thoughts, or the whatever's arising in the space about I should do this, I shouldn't do that, I better do this, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that, they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, that's a 
it might be relatively true, but it could also be relatively untrue. And uh, it seems that there is uh, a, a closer understanding of what it actually is <laughs> if, you're, if you're just looking at the space in which it occurs. More? A uh, question from Thomas in Germany. He asks, when I am constantly worried, this seems to me an evidence for being a separate self. If this is an illusion, who is having this feeling? I don't know. Find out. Spend a lot of time. I don't know how much time you spend on the cushion, but or wall mm. gazing, however you want to say it. Find out. That's a very good, uh, um, a very good question to just simplify it instead of continuing to ask the question. Ask the question, then sit down for three or four hours and look at look at that. What that is. Another question from Don in Virginia. Okay. When you refer to agenda, do you mean the motivation to promote the sense of self? Could be. We also have an agenda to to practice every day, or if we're if we're living in the monastery, then we might we might be involved uh, in, involved in the structure of the monastery. So we might have a, have a, agreed to uh, this at six forty five in the morning to do the. The Han uh, and Bell, for the different sequences for 15 minutes before the morning sitting starts. So that's kind of an agenda about things. So it's not, we're not trying to do away with that. It's just that look at the intention around any kind of agenda about something. Look at the intention. Uh, and, and so I'm not saying analyze that and do away with it or stop doing it. You don't have to stop or start doing anything. Just be aware of what your personal, uh, if you're operating out of paranoia, if you're operating out of out of uh, loss or uh, some kind of grasping, you don't have to improve. Training the mind is is simply put is to sit down, hold very still, and see the way the mind is untrained. In other words, it's chaotic, or it's coming this way, going that way, liking this, not liking that. If you do it enough, eventually, all the negativity that you've been avoiding starts to seep through the uh, cheesecloth. Yes. Why do emotions and feelings feel so real? Pardon me? Why do emotions and feelings feel so real? Um, well, don't do too much with why question because you can elaborate quite a bit, but what are just just let me let me um, let me respond this way. Okay. So there's something about the way in which we receive things that uh causes it to show up in a way that it's substantial. But one of the ways you can help, uh, you can relate with that is compare, uh, you can use several things. You can use the nightmare you had that seemed so real. Uh, you could have uh, uh, someone across the room who's upset with you because you um, let them down or didn't keep an appointment or something. Seems so real. You're feeling being on the spot or maybe, maybe being defensive or they just don't understand or all the things that can come up there. But also seeing a really intense uh, kind of a play or a movie or something. It's seen and where they, if the play is, if it's a good play and they're the, the people are, are, are very good at portraying uh, feelings, emotions or acting. Uh, you can be drawn right into that. And yet you, you even, you know, it's unreal, but it's, but they seem so real. So uh, that's a very, a very good way to, uh, to experience how the emotions work is in that kind of a thing. That's a, a good metaphor the one I use uh, quite often is to, is to use that metaphor of being of your life as like being on a stage. 
and to back off and get into the first row, get a little bit of what you call objectivity about it. Don't leave the theater, but watch the different parts that your emotions and feelings play in your life. Nothing lasts. I mean, and, and things are so incredibly impermanent. Just like what happened uh, uh, April the 12th of uh, 1918, uh, uh, no, 2018. What was going on that day with you? Anything? I don't know. Unless something happened, even, but even if it was our birthday, sometimes we can't. Did I have a, I have a cake? Anybody make a cake for me? Sometimes we can't, or sometimes we can remember just a little bit, and sometimes what we remember isn't what, what actually happened. I run into that all the time. Welcome, Oscar. What does the awareness of an enlightened person track? What do they lack? Track. What do they track? What does it or track? Uh, not much. The, the tracking all comes from anything, it's whatever the situation is. They track. If, if I'm sitting here, uh, tracking something, or you're sitting there tracking something, probably not that dissimilar. But in in the uh, in the case in which I'm talking about or endeavoring to get you to look at is just watch the way you track. Because if by doing that, if you can do that without adding to it, without subtracting from it, in other words, passion or aggression or ignoring it or trying to stop it or shut it off, eventually you'll see that there's the tracking might be going on, but there's no one there. There's no tracker. Just a way of talking about it. Yes. I'm not tracking what you're saying. It feels like I'm distracted or ignoring them. Mm-hmm. So how? It's awareness, though. But what, you, what I'm hearing you say, you're saying something is like has a negative connotation. It feels like I'm distracted or being. Is that what you're saying? And I'm saying that's awareness of your distraction, and that's what we're trying to see. As meditators, you're not trying to see how enlightened you are. You're trying to see how crazy you are, how distracted you are. You need to see the distraction. So the very thing you're acknowledging there, that's it. That's how what I'm talking about. That's the path. Ground, path, and fruition. The ground is a suffering or discontent or uneasiness or all, all the other kinds of suffering that human beings go through. And the path is, I'm going to find out what this is. I'm going to, I'm going to look at this right as it is and see if I can see what this fundamentally is. Suffering. and uh, And then the realization is, uh, that the suffering or the, the distraction may be there, but there's no one who's distracted. It's not a conclusion. If it's a conclusion, then we're back down on still running around in circles trying to, you know, write a book about our life. Yes. When you talk about things in the sense of ground path and fruition, is path the only action we have to take? Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you say the path is just to look at the negativity or the distraction, Awareness. We don't have to do anything beyond that. Well, you might have to. (laughs) Other people get a pass, but not you. So it, you know, it varies. I understand what you're saying, but it it, it varies. There might, but if you're if you're doing it with your awareness rather than with some kind of a program that either I'm telling you or someone else is telling you, you're reading a book. But you, if you sit down, hold still, and spend a lot of time just watching what your mind does you'll begin to understand what you need to do and what you don't need to do. I mean, then you could come and say, ask me about it or uh, sometimes, uh, you know, and I might say, I don't know. I think you're going to have to work with that yourself. Or I might say, um, I'm just giving you an example. I'm probably not going to say this to you. I'm just giving you a strong example. I've told some people to stop meditating based on what I hear they're going through. Not many say, and I don't say forever. I'm saying <coughs> stop sitting for a while. 
than someone else, I might have them do a different kind of practice, do a mantra practice or uh, or do, and I'm just rattling a few off here because it could be anything. I'm ha- I might have them close their eyes when they're sitting. You know. When we're endeavoring to work with the student-teacher situation and something might be showing up that is just kind of spontaneously changing on its own, should we bring that to the teacher's attention? Not necessarily. Not as a protocol. We might. There's no, there's no agenda. There's no, you know, it's a, the whole area of forms is very interesting because one of the teachings is don't set up standards. But that, that actually, if you understand that, you understand that there are forms that are meant to help you with your awareness. They're not things so that you can just obey and be a perfect, uh, you know, uh, student or something. The, the, the forms are there so that by going through those forms, you can begin to see how the awareness is working. It's, it's, there, there isn't anything with this, uh, with this moment. Past and future extra. We just reinvent it constantly because we want, we want a security blanket on both sides. What we can remember, and uh, yeah, that other thing. What we get to remember pretty soon. Yes, our memories. I don't know. I look like you. It's not bad. What are they attached to? <laughs> <laughs> Is that funny? Oh. <laughs> Is it because it, what he said was I funny or was he funny? It was just the way he smiled. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Yes. Is that distractedness? Is that non-tracking awareness? If you don't, if you see that what you're, what's happening, and you don't do anything with it, don't correct the distraction. Yeah, then, then that's a good one. It's another way of saying don't fix yourself. Don't your your very negativity that you would like to get rid of or stop or shove out the door or something. This is a, the Buddha didn't do that, as far as we know. He actually lived his life, lived his suffering, in spite of the. Uh, as the story goes, in spite of the fact that his dad wanted him to stay in the palace, he went out into the woods and looked at it. So that's all we're that's all we're doing. In a sense, we're doing a, our version of what the Buddha did. Yes. So does non-tracking awareness see what happens, but doesn't track it? Yeah, it sees it, what what happens is it sees uh, to put it literally or pictorially. It, it there's no tracker. The tracking is happening, but the tracking is happening happening out of the situation. It's it's a uh, it's just situational, just like uh, situation ethics. You know, instead of having ethical rules that you follow that you never waver from those, no matter what happens, they're situational. Sometimes you may have to um, do this, and another time that one thing, and another time you may not. You know, if you're not you're not using rules to make sure you're safe. And don't make any mistakes. Instead, you're using those as guidelines so you can live a sane, uplifted life that supports all beings and supports supports everyone as much as possible. It's difficult to do in, in the human realm because there's so much uh, desire and there's so much grasping. In it. We want something else. Yes? Is non-tracking awareness ignorance? Uh, it could be for a while. <laughs> Quite a long time, actually. Yes. Is ignorance something we add on to what we're saying? Well, the this, you know, looking at and calling it ignorance, then we're, that's an add-on. The actual ignorance is it can show up lots of different ways. And it, it's not so much of a thing showing up uh, until we call it or name it or you know relate to it that 
that that's what that is. It's we're ignoring or turning away or shutting off or distracting ourselves into something else. Excuse <clears throat> that. Is motivation an imputation? So I think it's a relative situation that we become motivated around wanting to do this or to do that. So I think there's something like that happening, like just like receiving precepts. I mean, it's, it's a very it's a very artificial kind of thing, but it seems necessary to to do that so that we can have some kind of a reminder of what what we're here to do. If in fact this is some uh, approach that you wish to take with your with your life. To be with all things, to save all beings, to put others before yourself. Not easy to do that. So there's a that quality you're actually going to do this. Is that what you're asking me about? Or is there some other dimension to that? I think I'm getting that is tying an action to a motivation, making up a story, or is there some legitimacy to Yeah, so it's always legitimate. The the issue is is we we're suspicious and we're paranoid about making a mistake. So, and, and that, of course, creates someone who could be right or wrong. It's just a, it's an endless, that's uh, not really endless. <coughs> More questions? Any other questions? Okay, thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chance. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate and depend on your generosity to help these teachings and teacher alive. Thank you. May they merit this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light.